With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How you doing, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Huge, an inside look at Chasing a Dream. Um, our guest today is Kyle Bertman. Am I saying it right? You are correct, Kyle sir. Kyle Bertman. Kyle Bertman is a brand new stand-up comic here in Denver, Colorado. Um, Kyle went through the Chuck Roy, the, um, what is that, community college? Uh, community College of Denver, yes. Community College of Denver. Um, Chuck Roy it teaches that show. He's a local comic here. He teaches that, um, that class. Um, what did you think? Uh, it was really great, really helpful for me. Uh, I was one of the few comics who did it before the class started, uh-huh. but I only had a little bit of experience, so it was like perfectly timed for my development as a comic. Um, yeah, so I took it. I learned a lot from it. So you did. You um, you were a comic before. Uh, yeah, but it was more of like I I tried I tried it out, but wasn't really fully committed. And then it was right around the time when I started like hit it like hitting it really hard. Uh, was when I started taking the class. So um, I went from like two mics a week before that mm-hmm. and to like eight to ten okay. during the class. So I, that's when I really so developed how, a lot. How long have you been doing stand-up comedy in, in uh, general? It'll be a year. It's about a year right now. Really? Yep. And um, what got you started in the business? Um, well, I've always been a huge fan of comedy like my entire life. Like I try and trace it back. Like all uh-huh. my huge right. interests as a child had something comedy related. And um, it's something I always wanted to do, you know. And uh, I moved out here last October, and one of the reasons I moved out here was I wasn't, there's so much more I wanted to do, like so many things I wanted to try, but I just, what, for some reason, couldn't get out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So out here, I'm just like, you know, brand new city, state. I was like, you know what, I've always wanted to. I'm going to try it. And by out here, we're um, talking about Denver, Colorado. That's our background is uh, the nighttime skyline of Denver, Colorado. Right? Denver, so, Colorado. Uh, there, where's that? Union Station right there. Union Station. There. It is a Union Station. So, yeah, very, very cool. All right, so you say you um, moved here. Yep. You just came here. Where'd you come from? Uh, Massachusetts. It's like wow. Boston area. That's uh, a big move. Yeah. Did you move to Denver specifically for comedy, or did you? Um, um no, but it was a, it was a huge plus. Like I didn't realize how big of a, a comedy scene Denver was until I came out here. Um, but I mean, I had some family out here. I just came out to stay, you know, uh, just you know, get out of my comfort zone for a little bit, see mm-hmm. what I said I could do. And I'm like, I'm working. I'm in school. I'm doing comedy. Like I'm doing a lot more out here than I was doing back uh, home. Did you so. do any comedy at home back home? I did not. No. No, I didn't. Um, it's like living in Denver. And I like riding my bike and taking the bus. I can make it to like 10 mics a week. Yeah. Uh, I lived outside of Boston, so I didn't drive. I didn't have a car. So it had been a lot harder for me to get my start. But then just Denver having 10 to 15 mics a week that you can like pretty much ride your bike to is a right. huge plus. That's right. The accessibility is part of the reason why I got started out here. Now, Boston has a pretty good comedy scene. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I mean... It's, it's just unusual for people to be leaving Boston, Boston to, to, do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to come do comedy, you know. So, uh, but, that, you know, that we all take our own paths, right? Yeah. I mean, if I lived in Boston, it might have been a little different, but I lived like 45 minutes outside of Boston, okay. and that's like driving. So, so And I'm like, I'm right around the corner from downtown, so I can like just get anywhere pretty much. It's nice. All right, cool. So, all right, 
Um, you got into you got into stand up. How was that first show? I mean, what what got you into stand up? What was your what was the <laughs> when you like the first mic I yeah, ever did? What was, what was the first? What was the reason for the first time? Did you plan it? I mean, did you? Well, well, how did that happen for you? Well, I did. Well, my first time was at Scruffy Murphy's in Larimer. <laughs> okay. It's unfortunately not a mic anymore. It's yeah, not a mic I anymore, but it was. Uh-huh. Uh, and I went there my first week just to scope it out to see what it is. I didn't want to like push myself into it. So right. I went and I scoped it out. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, kind of cool environment. Uh, so I came back the next week, and I must have got like a half a chuckle the entire time, but that's all it took. I was like, oh, my God, it's the greatest feeling ever. You're addicted now. I was addicted, <laughs> yep, from that moment. Right. Uh, so what made you get on the stage? Um, you know, I've always been uh, pretty vocal. I feel like uh, before it was more of like situationally funny, like making jokes with my friends or people who I was comfortable mm-hmm. with enough to just like let loose. A lot of comedians were the funny guy in their the crew. The funny guy, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd take a microphone, but it's it's a different standpoint, you know, because you don't really know, you don't know the audience. It's more like you kind of have to know yourself and convey yourself onto the audience. Right. not just like knowing yourself in front of people, just knowing yourself in any situation. Right. So, um, yeah, it's also helped me figure out a lot more about myself. Yeah, the thing about it, um, being the funny guy in the crew is the crew knows your background. So Definitely. it's all, you know, it, all the references are already automatically there. Um, doing jokes in front of a, a, a crowd of people that don't know you, you pretty much have to bring your own reference points. You know, you have to come tell them who you are, where you're coming from, and then set up the jokes. Definitely. So, so yeah, that's, that's a whole different thing then from being the friend, you know, the funny guy. The funny guy. guy in the group, yeah. All right, so tell me about the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> I do get that a lot. Um, you know, it was about the goatee. This part, uh-huh, I love about, that. about three years ago, I was just like, you know what? I don't. It's like I, I knew it was coming. Like I wanted to grow <laughs> an epic beard at one point in my life, and that's when the goatee started. And then it was like these and this has just been this past year, but it's just. I mean, just I just let it grow, right. and then eventually, it, like it'll it'll shape itself. You know, like. Like, I'll shave every week, every other week, and like, I'll just see something different I can do with it. And That's then, a nice trademark. I've not seen that on stage before. Thanks. So I get a lot of Frank Zappa, so, you know, I just go with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I guess that's my age bracket. That, <laughs> yes. You know, those those people will die soon, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> It'll be my beard one day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. It's going to be you. <laughs> it's going to be the Kyle. It's not going to be the Frank. Yeah. So. Looking forward to that day. <laughs> so that's cool. All right. So you're um, you're in Denver. You, you've done your first show. Yep. Okay. You're looking around for doing other shows. And Definitely. How do you stumble across the um, college class? Oh, um, I was actually in a, <coughs> like I had like an eight-year hiatus from school. I just, when I was like 17 or 18, I took, I took one college course and I was just like, eh, it's not for me right now, really. Right. So uh, moving out of here, going back to school, uh, my first major I picked was a Business major because I figured anything that makes money is a business, so it'd be a smart move to make, right? Right. So then I took a business course, took a public speaking course, which was part of it. And uh, during my public speaking course, we had um, like a couple different occasion speeches, and one of them was a special occasion speech. Like, so a lot of kids in my class chose something like cheesy, like their grandparents' like fiftieth wedding anniversary, or like something weird, like a eulogy. And then one of the options was a roast, and I was like, oh my god, I can do a roast. So I roasted the city of Denver, and I wrote like this like seven-minute speech. It was really right. cool. Uh, I actually still use a couple of the jokes I had in that. Uh, okay. That was like my first comedy written thing. 
And uh, my class loved it. And uh, one of the guys in my class was like, oh, man. Like, he's like, because he was an acting major. He's like, dude, you should totally, it's a stand-up comedy course. You should definitely take it. Like, you're, yeah, you should. Oh, right on. So I looked it up, and sure enough, Chuck Roy. And uh, next thing you know, you're, you're there, huh? I am there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the wrong zoom. I'm zooming. Sorry, I'm zooming. No worries. There. So many I'm, buttons. I'm playing with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. I really do. It's, it's a, we do a one-man operation here. You know, it's just me running the whole thing. So, just so the people, well, the people do know that, but you know, just so you know. It's like that movie Click with uh, Adam Sandler. You're just going to push the rewind button. It's all like right here. <laughs> Boom. All of a sudden, I'm just like gone. Poof of smoke. Uh, so, that's that. We're going to do. wonder what that does. Uh, <laughs> oh, I should have set that up earlier. That would have been a great shot. <laughs> Thinking the things you think of after the show starts. Right. right? Yeah. Uh, so you were at the um, Arish Tavern. You I went, was. You did a, what show was that in um, after your? Because I saw that you was, at the uh, graduation show. Well, the graduation show that was like my first show, I guess. And then um, I saw Katia, who you mm -hmm. interviewed last week. Yeah, uh, she funny. she she very was funny. very funny. Check uh, out the archives if you hadn't already. Look at the archives. On oh, by the way, subscribe <laughs> to our YouTube channel while you're here. Um, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So I need to say that. I should probably be on camera when I say that. Right. Let me see here. Hey, subscribe to our YouTube channel. <laughs> 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 all right, go. All right. So, all right. So, yeah. Yeah, so I saw Kathy was on it. So I, I sent you an email or a Facebook message, mm -hmm. I think, because I couldn't find your email. And uh, luckily, you had a cancellation the day of the show. Right. So you asked me, and I had to be working in the morning, and I was like, yeah, like I'd I'm at that point where I want shows, right. so it was just it was cool that I didn't ha I didn't have to work and I could make it. Uh, so you know I went and checked it out, and uh, that was a great show. I love yeah. I love the whole concept. Uh, first timers to showcasers, and you're definitely giving a lot of it's aspiring like, comics that needed chance to give them uh, a good I, direction. I really think that one of the one of the major problems with our business is that um, the new guys work Tuesday, Wednesday nights in bars that are empty. You know, yep. um, I, I think that, you know, you learn so much more in front of a crowd, whether you're brand new, whether you're, whether you're you know, you're, you're a veteran, you learn so much more in front of a crowd. And I, I've always thought I want to put new guys in front of a crowd. That's why I do the showcase on a Friday night, because it's easier to get people in the seats. And, you know, I want, I want y'all to have an experience that, that, you know, you enjoy. So, yeah. So thank you very much. I appreciate you. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you. And I'm going to, um, my next show is the uh, 16th, January 16th, coming up this Friday. Uh, put in here right about there. There we go. Right about there uh, where you can. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to put it Right about there where you can uh, come see the show. Uh, and the we've got uh, a bunch of new comics on there. So it's, it's going to be fun. Okay. Cool. So what is your, what is your, um, your procedure in writing. How do you how do you get your material? Where do you find it? Um, it's almost like uh, like day to day to day conversations. It's like it's when I'm not thinking about material that it just comes mm -hmm. to me. Like if I'm hanging out with a group of people or it's like being out social, I pick up on like maybe somebody like I'm just my, my head puns everything immediately. Like I'll hear something and my brain will think of every other possible way it could be interpreted. Uh -huh. So like I'll just hear like an old phrase or an old something that is like just a a clever pun in my mind, and then it'll just, I'll write it down in my notebook, and then, like, I'll look at it, I'll look at my notebook a couple times over the week, and it'll just, it'll just develop it. The, the jokes, like, write themselves, but it's like, that's always the first bit. It's a, a pun is, like, the first thing in my joke, okay, and then right. 
it'll just like elaborate into something bigger that has more puns. <laughs> But yeah, it's almost just like just subconsciously writing down something I think's funny, and then the more I look at it, the more the joke just like writes itself. So you're a punologist? Is it yeah, I'm a, a pun pun. A, pu a pun pun? Did you say a pun pun? Yeah, a pun. <laughs> bit of a pun slinger. Yeah, there you go. I like that pun slinger. That's I like that. Cool. All right. So uh, what is um. It, it's just coming to you. Do you not sit down? Do you don't you don't have a book with your jokes in there? Um, well, I, I do a joke. I'm actually uh, I have a couple scattered like notebooks that are full of like ideas for jokes and bits. Uh, but like I've actually started getting. I have a bigger notebook which I'm consolidating like all my written stuff. I'm writing word for word in this, so I can have like just one big book of everything I have. Not like not like a bullet point that I have to remember the rest of it, but like everything written down word for word. And then uh, once I finally because it's it's a Big work in progress, and then once that's finally filled out, I'll be able to like arrange jokes better for a uh, show. Because it's right. like I have so much just scattered material, and what helps me clump it together is finding transitions or finding a way to link two jokes together or mm -hmm. two bits together. So I just have like a book full of like clean, clean stuff, puns, dirty jokes, uh, holiday jokes. Like it's all just like different categories, like food and stuff. So like uh, the more organized I get, the bigger these bits will come together. Right. And how goes it? I mean, you're you're out of there doing the you know the open mics and and whatnot here in Denver, Colorado. What's your impression? What do you what do you think? I mean, being someone who moved here to start a comedy scene, everybody thinks it's 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 you come in here, you're going to be a, a, a instant star here. Yeah, in Denver, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, well, it's, it's definitely a work in progress. I mean, I didn't expect too much off the bat, but uh, here, like my year in, it's finally starting to pay off. I'm getting showcases. I'm just like more generally more comfortable on stage, and um, yeah, I'm starting to get recognized. Like uh, other comics, like bigger comics, remember my name. Like I'm getting better slots at open mics. Mm -hmm. It's really it's all about the drive. You know, if you're gonna do, say you do one joke twice a week for a month, that's like eight times. It's not really gonna grow. But if you do one joke eight times in one week, that joke is not gonna be the same joke you started off with. And just going to these open mics and trying it out in different like formats, you'll figure out different ways to go with it, mm -hmm. and therefore you'll have your better joke. I always try to tell the, the um, young comics just getting started that um, if a joke works for you at an open mic, that's great. Do it that do it once, do it twice, and then if if that's cool, set it aside and do something different because you really can't work a joke without a crowd. I mean, you can tell whether a joke's going to be funny because if you do the joke and the, you get the laugh where you thought the laugh was going to be, then you're, 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 you're there. You're pretty much set for the joke. But as far as like working that joke out, you need to have a crowd there. You need to, you need to feel out, like, is it, is it working in, at this side? Is it working on that 27-year-old? Is it working on that 45-year-old? You know, is it, where, do, where does this joke fit in, in my lifetime of comedy? Where does this joke work for me best? Because eventually you're going to get so much comedy, so many jokes, that you're going to need compartments for them. You're not going to have stage time for every joke that you have. Definitely. So you're going to have to figure out quickly where this joke goes. I mean, what what slot do I put it in? What where is it big enough to be in the big show? Does it go up front with the with the with the hard stuff when I'm really trying to connect with the audience? I always put really good stuff up front because you really want to connect with the audience right off the bat. You know, you want them, you want to come out there and have them like, bam, oh really, I like this guy. Once they say in their mind, I like this guy, doesn't matter what you do. 
you're set. It's it's just like you're the funny guy in their crew now. You know, you're you're their friend. Yeah, yeah, you definitely you're gonna have that like intro or somehow like the audience doesn't have to like you as long as they understand you. That's right. like the best piece of advice I've gotten mm -hmm. from uh, from comics around town, and that definitely helps me. It has a lot to do. I think we're gonna be watching my Ari's Tavern set in a bit, and it comes set. into that play in the beginning of that. So, uh -huh. which is um, it was a good set. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Uh, I I enjoyed your um, um, graduation set better. Okay. You know why? Because you're in front of your own crew. You're in front of a, a group of college kids that got all of your reference points that you didn't, you know, that what, when you get, uh, when you hit a place that you don't know, when you hit like Ari's Tavern or you hit a bar that's got, you know, adults in it that are above your age, you, you know, like I said, you got to introduce yourself. You, you got to tell where your reference points are. Yeah. Your audience there that night, they know your reference points. They're all from the college. They're all your same age. You know, they're. You know they're they're gonna they're gonna dig you out at the bat, and you were hitting them right where they live. All of your jokes were spot on to those kids, and those, you know I call them kids because of your age. <laughs> you know, fair enough, so fair enough. all the jokes were spot on to put to that crowd, and they loved it, and they loved it. The Ari's Tavern crowd, they liked you a lot. They did. I mean, I could tell by the video they liked you a lot, and you can tell in the video there were some points where, you know, you kind of got off your game, but. You know, those are the things you learn. Those are the ways. Those are the ways you learn this business. You know, it's yeah. like the business is to make strangers laugh, to learn how to make people that yeah, don't yeah. know you at all laugh. You know. So anyway, that's just. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's all right. Like the the setup for Ari's Tavern, like the tables scattered on the sides, and that goes deep into the back. Uh -huh. Like the Bunport Theater is all like nice up front. You get right, your sixty. Exactly. You so I mean, but each, no matter what, each shows a learning experience. Up front, it's yeah. Great. So and then there's just that black backdrop with just the spotlight on me. <laughs> Very like. Uh, so what else are they gonna look at? You yeah, know, exactly. I mean, Ari's Tavern. You have the Christmas tree, the rhino's head. <laughs> like, so much other stuff to look at. Uh, distracted by that. I've, so. I've never put the rhino's head on actual. Well, I should do that. I should. Put the that thing gets pretty sweet. Ari's Tavern has the biggest friggin' <laughs> people. When the people people that, that ask me, the first thing they ask me, is that a real rhino <laughs> It's not, but it's as right. big as a rhino. I mean, it is that big. So It's big. Yeah, it's, it's big. <laughs> 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 I'll have to put that up. But, but yeah, it, 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 it was a good show. All right, let's, let's get into it. Let's have a look at what, what happened here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this is going to be your Ari's Tavern set. I was talking about that. Now they can hear this right now, but you we can't, can't hear it. I didn't turn the speaker up. Let me step out of frame here. What's up, Ari's Tavern? How you guys doing tonight? It's my uh, first time here in this fine establishment, which means a lot of you people are probably new to me. Um, which means, yeah. So this is all part of my Anyways. act. They just assume I'm going to bomb here. Watch, just watch. They laugh so much harder because they're not expecting it. But, um, yeah, so it's my first time here. So a lot of you guys are new to me, which means I'm probably a new face to you as well. And I know what you're thinking. And the answer is yes. My mom was gangbanged by Frank Zappa, Serge Tankian, and the evil guy from Wild Wild West. 
funny. <laughs> My name is Kyle Bourbon. I shouldn't even laugh at that. I moved funny. to the beautiful state of Colorado a little over a year ago, <coughs> which means I haven't run out of weed since a little over a year ago. That's great. But anyways, when I moved here from Massachusetts, I thought to myself, you know, there's going to be snow and mountains everywhere. It's going to be great, right? I get here, something but sunshine and homeless people. <laughs> you know, they were saying back my way, it's welcome to Boston. Go fuck yourself. I don't know if you knew it. You were saying out here as well. It's welcome to Denver. No, I don't have any change. <laughs> <laughs> you know, homeless jokes usually go over pretty well around here. You could say they're right up our alley. That tree is distracting as hell. Isn't <laughs> it, right? <laughs> but uh, when I moved, you know, when I moved out here, you know, I made some pretty healthy changes. And I started doing yoga. I ride my bike everywhere now. And I started eating healthy. I'm a vegan now. I only eat weed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually used to eat when I was younger. I love Up it. Up until about second grade, when I first picked my nose and ate it. If you guys haven't, you're not missing much. It's, it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> eating boogers. Anybody here used to play Oregon Trail? Yeah, fucking great game, right? You know, you get your caravan of five people. I'd always name them after my ex-girlfriends and childhood bullies and hope they'd all die of typhoid fever. But, uh, but yeah, I used to play from like sun up to sun down. I used to have a real problem. And I kept dying of dysentery from eating wild birds. So I had to quit cold turkey. But I recently relapsed, you guys. That's right. I fell off the wagon. Right back onto the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Switch it up a little bit. Take that off. Take that off, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta. Yeah. Maybe. So, um, any of you guys ever pick up any chicks at the bar? You, sir? You, sir? You guys, you know, you just lay you, you just lay down a sweet line they can't resist. Like, girl, you look good. Won't you back that ass up? Use a fine motherfucker. <laughs> Won't you back that ass up? I mean, hey, it worked for juvenile in '99. Why not me tonight, ladies? But just in case calling women motherfuckers doesn't work, I came up with some pickup lines of my own. They're called cocaine. <laughs> and they work every time. The funny thing about cocaine is the prefix co usually means you share something. Not the case with cocaine. More like nacho cane, am I right? <laughs> but seriously, does anybody have any cocaine they want to share? Stingy fucks. 
Uh, aren't we all? Aren't we all? But uh, I actually lost a bag of cocaine last week, you guys. Where? It's never, I w yeah, I wish I knew, you know. But uh, it's never fun losing something so expensive. Turns out it was right under my nose <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> I mean, how many cocaine jokes? I love it. You gotta be a number one fan. I love it. Three point so five. Okay, I got a half of one left. Are all seats at Lindsay Lohan concerts in the nosebleeds? That's so stupid. That's my half. <laughs> Oh yeah, raising awareness for liver cancer. That blue ribbon. Let's see one of the guys at the table shut up like, oh, perhaps blue ribbon or something oh. like that. So yeah. I bought some LSD the other day. <laughs> Anybody here partake? Yeah, I, yeah well, talk to me after the show, sir. <laughs> but uh, so I bought some the other day, and I asked the guy who I got it from. I was like, you know, like, hey, how is this stuff? You know, is it any good? He's like, yeah, man, this shit's the bomb. How much do you want? Like, ah, oh, cool, man. Let me get a Gaza Strip. <laughs> you know, sometimes <laughs> I feel like the rapper Nas. Except all I need is 200 mics. You know, my grandma taught me everything I know about LSD. She really knows her needlepoint. <laughs> Maybe not if the you right guys class, don't I wanted to do them. <laughs> you just don't eat enough LSD. That's all right. But me, I do. I'm not ashamed. I'll scream <coughs> the rooftops, you know? I'm very comfortable with my masculinity. <laughs> <laughs> yes, masculinity. I said, I said it. It happened. So, uh, so any, any Kill Bill fans in the crowd? Ah, so you guys know who David Carradine is, right? Bill from the movies? Uh, I don't know if you guys heard about this. They recently found out he was gay. Yeah, it's a shame. No one ever knew, though, you know? He never came out of the closet. I heard he got some bad advice before he died. His therapist told him to just hang in there. Like, do you think it was because he was inexperienced, you know? He didn't have anyone to show him the ropes? That's funny. That's funny. There are puns, guys. It makes it okay. If it's a pun, it's fine. Puns make the world go around. <laughs> but on the gay note, um, <laughs> um, so you guys know how they're trying to make right. sexuality like a more note. accepted thing in society? You know, it's working pretty well. It's pretty accepted these days, you know? And uh, one of the ways they're going about this is they started rewriting children's books. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember the story of the little monkey and the man in yellow. Well, they rewrote it. It's now called By Curious George. <laughs> Let's just say the man in yellow plays a lot bigger part. And there's way more bananas. Way more. I told the joke in a Chuck Royce class, and he was like, say something about bananas. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the banana topical, you guys. 
don't know if you guys heard about this. They uh, they recently decided to have this this year's upcoming presidential elections in Japan. They're gonna call them the presidential erections. <laughs> really, I, I love it. I like it. Yeah. It's topical. Come on, you can't go wrong. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that's why I should have been born, apparently. But um, so uh, some of you guys know about this in Japan. They have an island completely inhabited by cats. They call it Cat Island. Also in Japan, they have an island completely inhabited by bunnies. Guess what it's called? Bunny Island, I know. Very creative. And if you guys know about this, in China they used to have an island called Dog Island. That's, that's the punchline I until butchered that, butchered about that 40 joke. years ago when the deep fryer was invented. You know, where do you think the term, do the term doggy bag came from? It's hard to finish a whole dog in one sitting. Trust so me, funny. I know. <laughs> anyway, speaking of doggy bags, it's the holidays. You guys excited? Yeah, delicious food, family, friends. It's great. And, um... <laughs> so yeah, Hanukkah started on Tuesday. Alright, you guys getting down with Hanukkah? I love it. The food's delicious. So I feel like uh, me and my family are going to celebrate Colorado style. So on the eighth night of Hanukkah, me and my aunt are going to make THC infused potato pancakes. We're going to call them Boom Shakalatkas. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. We did make them too. Boom shakalaka. That's good. What they go? Well, yeah, they were <laughs> delicious. We made them. Yeah, so uh, Christmas <laughs> is coming up as well. You know, it's like a week away, and um, and I uh, see I was raised half Christian, half Jewish, which meant I bought my entire family Christmas presents. I just refused to pay full price for any of them. And uh, and uh, growing up, <laughs> I always wanted to be a moil. <laughs> Does anybody here know what a moil is? A moil is a Jewish man who performs circumcisions. I know. Weird thing to want to be when you grew up. But me, I did. Went to school for it and everything. But uh, I had to drop out, you know. It wasn't working out. I just, just couldn't cut it. <laughs> uh, we're having fun. It's like, the, wor it's like the worst that joke's ever done. <laughs> Before I go to my last joke, let's give it up for yourselves for coming out, supporting comedy. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> but uh, it's not my normal steez, but I'm going to end on a story. If you guys want to hear a story, this guy doesn't spill anything and fucking take away from my attention. Okay. <laughs> so a black man walks into a Best Buy. Goes to the electronics department. Asks the lady behind the counter. He's like, hey, I'm in the market for a stereo. Do you have any good recommendations? She's like, oh, no. I don't know. Let me go get my manager. Right? Goes and gets her manager. Comes back. The black man is gone. 
And so is the cash register. So the manager turns to the lady and he's like, oh, God damn it. This would have never happened if you knew your stereotypes. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it. You thought it. You guys are fucked. <laughs> but I've been Kyle Bourbon. You've been our East Tavern. Have a good night. Bertman, so so there you are. There I am. <laughs> what did you think of that? I liked it a lot. It's uh, it's really cool to see uh, recordings of yourself on stage because there's a lot of little subtleties you don't notice while you're up there, right. you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm just watching it. Uh, you get to see all the little things you didn't realize when you're up there. It's, it's a good learning experience. Yeah, mm -hmm. like I mean, I see a handful of things I could have done differently, such as one, such as. Uh, well, not over-personalizing my intro <laughs> <laughs> caused that to me to stumble up a little bit. Uh, and then, like, the uh, you either got to have, like, a lot of confidence and close strong mm -hmm. on a joke, even if it doesn't go well or not, or it's, it's always good in comedy to end on a good laugh. If you're going to tell a joke and that's supposed to be your last joke and you don't get right. a laugh, it's not the best way to get off stage. So. That's why you never announce your last joke. Fair enough. Uh, I've got advice to do either or, but I mean, that's always a good thing, kind of. Yeah, I, I, I don't see the upside to saying, this is my last joke. <clears throat> Fair enough. Do you, uh, do you have one? I mean, do I you, do you well, know I've, of an upside? Do I have what? Do you know of an upside to saying this is my last well, joke? Well, it helps uh, keep the, uh, the host, if, so they're not going to smoke a cigarette or go into the bathroom or something like this, so the host can jump back up, because you never don't want to have anybody on stage as well. Right, not your job. So, Fair enough. Yeah, no, I see, I see what you're saying. <laughs> it's more for like the host's sake and also yeah. your last joke, or... Yeah, it's tricky. It's, yeah. I, see, I see what you're saying by not announcing mm -hmm. it. Kind of dragging, you know, the mic stand over kind of signifies your last mm -hmm. kind of bit anyways. Kind of. But I, 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 um, I try to tell, um, you know, a lot of, like, the young comics that, you know, that's, that's a common thing, that this is my last joke, or um, commenting on a joke that did not go well, you know, um, trying to make a funny tag on a bad, on a, a failed joke. joke? That, on a failed joke. Um, sometimes, you know, it works, but Why? Why bother? It's good to not give up on a joke either. If it bombs, make a joke about a bomb, and you can at least get a laugh. I mean, that's kind of what, that's kind of good policy. But if it's like absolutely failed, where you're going to tag it, and it's going to be worse than it was without you even tagging it, then well, I see what you're saying there. If you get a tag, if you, most people tag it by, well, that uh, that didn't work. Or Never doing that, that one again. Pulling out their notebook. Yeah, which means, yeah, something like I that. I think that's kind of silly, yeah. Which means, you know, um, you really actually didn't get a joke. You didn't get a laugh on your joke. You got a laugh on your, God, your, your, your lack thereof a joke. Well, uh, being like, oh, that didn't work. That's mm -hmm. like, that's not funny. I mean, right. if you can find like there, a. There are lines that people do that throw that, that'll, that'll throw out, the, they'll throw it out there for a joke. I just say that I'm just trying to, um, I don't see some, some of the, and a lot of times I always tell the comics that when I say something, you, you, you have to take it as whatever it is. You know, I mean, I, I don't have all the answers. I don't know what, you know, I, I can't tell you what the comedy business is going to be in 20 years because I'm not going to be in it. You know, but um, I can tell you how to write a joke. I can tell you, you know, kind of structures of, of, of and I can use my experience to go forward. But, you know, I always tell comics that everything I say, you have to put it into your own. You either toss it 
you know, take it or throw it away or whatever. You know, it has to fit into your 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 life or your structure to make sense to you. And if it doesn't, you got to get rid of it. But I do try to tell. Um, I don't see the sense in tagging a bad joke. I don't see. I really don't see the sense in doing um, tags in general, unless the tag is better than the punchline. If it's a lateral move, do another joke. Why are you? Why are, you know like. The most famous tag joke in the world is, you might be a redneck if. It's one joke with a billion tags. You know? Okay. I don't see the sense in, in, in doing, here's, a, here's my punchline, here's a tag to my joke. If that tag is not going to raise the bar somehow, if your original punchline wasn't a setup for that tag, if it wasn't a fake punchline because you got a better punchline coming, then why bother tagging it? Well, you can just, there's more, I feel like there's more, well, obviously you have a lot more uh, experience than I do mm -hmm. in the comedy industry, but uh, like a tag could be a great transition from like two things that don't, that don't go together at all and just make like a weird tag that doesn't even have to make sense, but it could be a transition into the next joke, which could be kind of funny mm -hmm. in the right context. I feel like that that's kind of good advice about not, Especially not being like, oh, that's a bad joke. I've never said that. I can't see myself saying that. But being like, oh, like if it's like the, the, um, <laughs> the, the, the circumcision joke, the moil joke, mm -hmm. like, oh, sure, save that one for Temple. You know, like something like that. Like okay. not making a joke out of the tag, not just saying something about a joke. You know, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. No, no, I understand. I mean, I, I can see where that would actually get a laugh. Yeah doesn't make up for the fact that you didn't get the laugh the first time. I mean, so I'm just saying that it's basically, it's not, it's not doing you any good because you're not going to be able to do that joke again, not get a laugh, and then tag it with that tag. But like, uh, like each stand-up, each show is supposed to be almost like an experience. You can't have, obviously, if it's not going to go the same way, so you can't have the same tag, but being able to, maybe not like having a tag prepared in your mind for the instance, but coming up with it on stage while it's happening mm -hmm. makes it your your set your performance more authentic. So I feel like um, you can't come up with a tag on stage for that instance and then use it again in mm -hmm. a completely different scenario. But I feel like it's good to like not even just go up there and like robot just like oh this is my joke punchline punchline. But like have to be versatile like play with the audience. You know like show them that like you're there. You're not just reading things that you've memorized or saying things you've memorized. Actually trying to be yourself. So maybe that takes a couple weird tags mm -hmm. that don't makes sense you've never done before you'll never do again but just to make that more of like a personal experience 99% of all the comics you're gonna see are are exactly the opposite of what you, what you just said I mean I can understand what you just said but most comics do here are my jokes that I memorized you know um, you know I mean I guess improv comics and and you know they they pretend to work off the top of their heads, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's, that's rehearsed. Um, you know, I've just, I, you know, comics, most, most comics work just like that. I mean, here are the jokes that I have prepared to do for you. When you get to a certain level, an audience doesn't expect you to participate with them. An audience expects you to entertain them. You can't go into a theater and start working the crowd. Definitely, yeah, yeah. You know, so you have to rely on the jokes that you have written, the jokes that you have memorized, the jokes that you have, that, you know, you're tried and true. You know, um, 
I do like to, you know, get out and play and, and, and get on stage and seeing what happens and seeing what, what, what comes out. But that's, that's a minor part of my hour, very minor. Most of my hour is here are the jokes that you came to hear. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's like what we do is, is, is just like a, a band, you know. People don't want to see you, you know, like you two, uh, or, um, you know, without seeing, you know, without hearing their, their the hits, yeah, the hits was, yeah. you know. And people think that in the comedy business, to do your hits, comedians specifically think that in the comedy business, doing your hits makes you somehow a hack or um, why is he doing that joke again? Or, you know, um, and it's just the opposite. I mean, anything that you do professionally, you'd better have practiced it. You better, if you're gonna pay somebody, if somebody's gonna pay 25 bucks a seat to come see you do anything, you better be good at it. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> that's just, uh, that's just what, I, what I'm saying. Do you have a, like a um, support structure for yourself? I mean, do you, who backs you up here in town? I mean, it's, <laughs> like uh, comics-wise, family-wise. I mean, it's do you have any wise. any crew uh, here? Um, I have. Uh, my, I live with my aunt. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, yeah, it's pretty much my only family out here. I live with her and her boyfriend. Uh, they're really good. They support me. And uh, I know it's a weird thing for a family to be like, like to support a stand-up comedy <laughs> career. Don't like because my family back home, like my dad, my stepmom, is just like, you know what, Kai, you need to have like a plan B, you mm -hmm. know. And it's like, what? yeah, what do you? <laughs> So it's it's funny, um, but no, my like my family here is really supportive. That's their job. Uh, though. They, so they need to set you up for it. It's their job to tell you you need a plan B. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know that's 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 what they all the all their life. That's you know you're their, you're their kid. I talked to my dad the other day, and he's just like, "Do you have do you have a plan for college?" He's like, "Are you seeing like an academic advisor?" He's like, "Are you sitting down with somebody to look over your courses?" I'm like, "Like, yeah, no, no, dad, I got this." And he's like, "You know, Kyle, you need to like." have like a degree in mind or like he's just he's all about the end goal mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like what's wrong with going to school to learn you know yeah. like i mean everything is in the same degree program right. but i'm taking things that i want to find interesting i want to learn more about you know mm -hmm. i feel like that's what school should be more about I, I i really agree with what you did to um you know to take some time off and then come back and have some experience and you know a little bit about what you're going to know a little bit about the world i think that the stupidest thing you can do is to look at an 18 year old 19 year old and say hey what do you want to do for the rest of your life right. and they've done nothing so that's why they all go you know fireman or you know botanist or <laughs> you know right. every yeah you know, all those gigs because they there's nothing else it's just i read that that would be fun yeah 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 you can't you shouldn't have someone base their life on i read that that would and be a lot fun. of kids at that age don't want to be in school like i Thank love you. it i can't wait to go back in two weeks uh like i've I actually want to be there. It makes a huge difference out of like what I take away from the experience. Right. Yeah. How old are you? Twenty-seven. Nice. Right. So you're. Yeah, you're there. You're. you're, I'm, you're yeah. There. <laughs> I'm there. If not getting there, I'm pretty close. Uh, that's that's kind of cool. So where do you where do you see yourself? Let's say um, you know, you don't get the day job. Everything continues on. Let's look five years. Where do you want to be? Um. Well, like. Uh, Necessary money aside, because obviously I could work any shitty kitchen dead end job just to pay my bills, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, I mean, con like my entire life, I've always been told, like you know, like you don't don't rush too much into things. Well, not by my parents, but by like people who I take good advice from. I don't rush too far into anything, you know. Like it'll like you'll 
You'll figure out what you want to do with your life. It'll just dawn upon you. Like, it'll happen one day. Don't wait too long, but don't rush into anything. Mm -hmm. So, like, when I moved out here and there was that first half a chuckle I got at that first open mic, I was like, oh, my God, there was, like, something to this, like, the feeling I got from it, uh, everything involved. And um, so, like, I, comedy is my, mm -hmm. my arrow is where I want to go, is where my passion in life, whether it be to be a successful stand-up comic, uh, kind of sounds oxymoron-ish, but if, that's a, if that could happen, I would love for that. Or even um, I love to dabble in, like, comedy acting or comedy writing or just something along the lines of making you know, people laugh. There's the, there's the business right there to me. To be a professional stand-up comic, you have to be a comedy writer. You have, to be a, you have to be good at writing jokes. You have to be able to look at a blank page and look at a newspaper or a blog post and go, bam, here's a joke. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the skill that you need to learn in the comedy business. So I try to tell you know, all the young comics. My, my, one of my best friends when I was coming up, one of my writing partners had this great saying, um, don't get it right, get it written. Just put something on the paper every single day. Teach yourself to write a joke. A lot of comics nowadays, and I sound so old when I say that. <laughs> back in my <laughs> yeah, day. Back in my, <laughs> back in my day, we pull out a pad and we start, you know. But a lot of comics now, I mean, a lot of comics say, you know, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to go up there, and I'm, I got a little bit of structure, but I'm going to go up there and wing it, and we're going to have a great time. That's a wonderful thing to be able to do. But... When it comes down to the business of stand-up, somebody's going to look at you and go, hey, Wednesday, today's Monday, Wednesday I need a bunch of jokes, or Wednesday I need a skit, or Wednesday I need an outline, or Wednesday I need an idea, because we're going to start working on it on Wednesday, we're going to rewrite it on Thursday, we're going to shoot it on Friday. You know, you, you're going to have to learn that skill set. And I, 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 I liked your comedy, the thing that, the thing that I like about your the set that we just saw so much um, is it not necessarily, you know, the reaction of the crowd, but the writing, the thinking, the thought process behind the joke. Puns are not easy to do. Um, they're just not. They're not. They're not. They're not easy to do. They're not easy to make funny. They're not easy to set up. So it's really doing a pun is doing a backwards writing job on a joke, which is something you. If you can learn to write backwards on a joke, you can do anything on a joke. And doing a pun is exactly that. You have to get a pun first. Then you have to get a way to get the pun out on stage second. So you got a punchline that you need to put a joke to, and then you got a joke that you need to get a setup for. So it's, 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 yeah. back, you know, it's, it's a backwards <laughs> procedure, but it works. That's why I really liked your, your comedy, because I think that you you could be a great writer because you think about what comes out of your mouth. You're not to the point of putting it down on a paper yet, which I'm going to beat that into you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You know, you got to write. You definitely yeah, got to yeah. write. But um, from what I saw at your, from what I saw at your, at your graduation show and from what I saw at Ari's Tavern, I, I really, really enjoyed the way your mind works as far as being a comic. And I can see that you, you can look at a blog or look at a post or look at a paper and hey there's a punchline now I need a joke that's that's a skill set that a lot of comics don't have I mean a lot of comics do that do what you said um, you know it just happens for me you know in daily life and well, they can go there and tell stories yeah, and stuff and like, but they make that work that's impressive I don't I can't do that but there's, that's a good that's a good thing to be able to do is you know that but that's a lie that you can't do that. If you can do what you did on your graduation, you can do what they do. You just need to expand it. 
I mean, you just need to tell where that pun came from. You know, that's, hey, here's the pun, here's the joke, here's the setup, bam, that's done. Here's the story of that joke. Here's what happened to me and blah, 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 and however, you, however it comes out of your mouth. But for you to sit here and tell me that you can't do Well, it's not, it's not that, not it's just even, I don't... It's not even true. I don't I've think my day-to-day -day life's that funny for me to talk about it into a microphone and have people with their attention. The jokes I write, I feel, mm -hmm. are funny enough, but not the... If there was ever a story of writing a pun, which actually I did have one, but I haven't done it in a while. Uh, what's that funny is I'll say it, but I mean, stand-up comedy is about saying like what you believe is funny, and I believe the jokes I write are funny, but not necessarily my day-to-day -day life or the story of me writing the joke. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's all like pick and choose whatever you want right. to say on the microphone. So yeah, I agree that stand-up comedy is is about you know saying what you think is funny. I also believe that um, you know we are we are commentarist. We are we we comment on what's happening you know like the 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 bill cosby thing you know all of that that's what we do is that the things that make people uncomfortable to talk about if you can make that funny and bring out a conversation or i look at comedy i mean the thing i love about comedy man is it that i know that if you come in and you sit down and you hit my rhythm I can change your state. I can set you into a great state of mind just by telling you jokes. I can get the endorphins jumping off in, in, in your head for a half hour, for 45 minutes, and you'll leave here feeling amazing like you've done two lines of coke. You know, that's the, I can do that for you. Um, that's the thing I like about comedy. That's the thing is that you can, you can affect people in a way that, that People don't even realize. People don't. Comics don't realize the effect they have on people. I mean, you should talk to. Wait till you've been in this business a while, and talk to some of the people that come to your show, that were having shitty weeks, shitty days. That you you made their life better for thirty minutes. They can't even explain how much they appreciate that to you. It's, I completely. It's probably the reason why I do it. It's like it's. When you're stuck in the same kind of thing, it's kind of hard to see outside of the box, you mm -hmm. know. But like, if you go to a sit to a comedy show, you know, you laugh. You just you're not thinking about all the bullshit you've been stressing about all day for an hour. After that hour, you're clean, fresh exactly. state of mind. You can things just seem more uh, yeah uh, possible. Yeah, yeah, I think I think I, I agree. I agree 100 percent with that, and I think that um you got that going on. Um, we also do a game here. I call it um pop a caption, which is Basically, pop, pop just what it sounds. Um, we got some photos. I'll run through some photos. And um, if you think of something funny about the photo, let's say it. Cool. And well, there's a gun rack choke right here. <laughs> you might be a redneck if your gun has a gun on it. <laughs> <laughs> is that even a gun? Extra, what is it? A gun has an extra gun <laughs> attached to it. That's that gun is made of guns. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Oh yeah, my. What is he going to do with that? My God, he's going like. Squirrel hunting. Squirrel hunting. <laughs> hunting for pheasants. <laughs> Dick Cheney's nephew. That's. Oh my God, that's sick. That's. Wow. What does one do with something like that? <laughs> wow. And he's out there in the woods. And what is that in the background on his truck? Is that. 
I don't know. <laughs> like headphones or something. It's quite loud. Yeah, it's probably, probably been pretty loud. loud. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a. Oh, okay. I'm gonna leave it alone. I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> Let's, move on. Let's move on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I think I got a leak. Uh-huh. It's transmission fluid. It's green. <laughs> you think I can swim in this? Oh, where's my hubcaps? You think? <laughs> Somebody stole my hubcaps. He's got rope holding his wheels on. Is that what that is? 48-inch spinners. <laughs> These are my 48. Look at the wheels. But look at the windows are taped up. Like... <laughs> It's like, I want all wheels. I don't care what car it is. Just give me the wheels. <laughs> Duct tape. That's too cool. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not going to turn the music down. <laughs> oh, all right, that's uh, a bunch of chickens. Um, <laughs> I got nothing for the bunch of chickens. <laughs> I feel like there's a really bad like cross the road joke somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Why didn't you cruise chicken didn't cross die. the road? Because it was in this big fucking pan. I don't know what is. <laughs> and they're all like kind of clean, normal looking chickens. Uh, besides, they're in a fucking like factory. I mean, wait, are those turkeys? Are they turkeys? I don't know. I don't know. Are they white turkeys? <laughs> some they're kind all, of pheasant. Some kind of pheasant. They're white turkeys. Know. They're white. They're white, white turkeys. turkeys. They're smaller than the black turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's, just, that's an easy joke. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, that, that was just me. All right, what's, what's next? <laughs> All right, just just relax and try to take it. <laughs> Cowboy. Nothing like hog tying things at night. <laughs> like, what is You're going to like this. You're going to like... Parks his Ford F-350 behind him. He's like, I need better lighting. <laughs> <laughs> so like Shadow Puppets Ghost Stories. Who what the hell is this? Are these guys... The highest game of patty cake ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we did it. Yeah, uh-huh. right. <laughs> <laughs> we jumped off of here. I mean, I've been pretty high playing patty cake, oh but not, God. not that high. That's crazy. That's a crazy game, patty cake. <laughs> you might be there's, a redneck. There's a theme running through. <laughs> <laughs> this is where the guy stashes the big gun from right. earlier. <laughs> he has a dog in the mailbox that jumps out and chases the mailman. <laughs> I couldn't put my I couldn't put mail in that box. I I couldn't do it. I just no, thank you. <laughs> I'd have to stand up to the side every time I open that right. thing. Yes. I don't know what's going on here. These are people hanging on but a zip line sleeping. Are you in that something is, like that? No, but that looks amazing. <coughs> like would maybe you do that? Looks, yeah. Jesus. Christ. I would like that's No. Like how, how No. How high are people when they think of stuff like this? They're just like, you know, first we'll uh, we'll take a grappling hook, we'll throw it across, <laughs> right? It's only like two hundred yards. It'd be fine. And then we we'll can hang from it. Sleep halfway between that thing. It's Teflon, it can support a family. <laughs> that's that's ridiculous. I uh I couldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, Is that a sickle? Where's the Halloween celebration? Did we miss the Halloween celebration? That is a sickle. <laughs> that is a sickle, right? A sickle. I mean, I'm looking like Mardi Gras or... Yes, Halloween schedule or something. Something Halloween-y. Bony uh, people. 
I got nothing. Uh, you got anything? It's, uh, oh, what the fuck is that? It's the new season of Ally McBeal. That's <laughs> 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 so horrible and outdated. I can't it's make it a comeback. It's making a comeback. It's making a comeback. Okay, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Ally McBeal was back in the 90s when. <laughs> Well, my mind goes. It was the most famous the show 90s. for a while. It was, so it was a great show. Yeah, great. That was and then she went on to do something else, too, but I don't know what she was famous for. I don't think anybody else knew what happened after that. What the hell is this here? It's like, bad idea. Is this bungee jumping together? Bungee jumping sideways. Uh, uh, I love you, too. Let's just do it. Oh, he's got Nike shoes. Uh, Let's do that. it. <laughs> a really bad Nike commercial <laughs> in Siberia. I don't know what that is. It's, oh, I have a crew that puts these together for me. Oh, so did they crop us out of a bigger picture <laughs> yeah. where we actually knew what was going on? Yeah, I don't know what that is. That is. It's crazy. That's, uh, 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 I don't know. It's like a taser. They're just like tasing them. Like, oh, my. Uh, tell me that's not cute as cute can be. <laughs> He looks like Eddie. Uh, it looks like Eddie. This, that's Eddie Munster with Eddie, Eddie Root hair. <laughs> that is, oh my God, that is Eddie Munster. That was one of those Wolf Boys. Did you ever see the Guinness World Book of Records? The Wolf Boys from like, oh yeah, show? <laughs> their entire hair is covered, faces covered in hair. God, I feel so bad for them. Except for they get really hot girls for some reason. <laughs> girls like Wolf Boys for some reason. I'm not sure why. So that's kind of look I'm striving for. You know, eventually it's <laughs> still gonna pan out. Get all the ladies. It's gonna, it's gonna work for you. It's, it's, <laughs> it's definitely gonna work for you. I like that. Yeah. Wow, there we have it. Yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Oh, <laughs> I like Papa Caption. That was fun. Wow, and the hour has flown by, dude. It has. Yeah, uh, people, people come on the show thinking, "What am I going to talk for an hour?" And then it's just like, "Wow, an hour went by that quick." So, yeah. but yeah, I, I wanted to say thank you very much for doing the show. Uh, let me get you back up here so we can. Get you back on too. There you are. That's my dude right there. Uh, this one. Yeah. This one. This one. Which one's this better? One, this one. Yeah. This one. This one. That's you right there. All right. So you are here in the Denver comedy scene. I know all the people. Most of our viewers, or a lot of our viewers, are young comics. People wanting to try to start out in this business. And a lot of the people I ask this say that, man, I've been in the business. I really don't. I hadn't been in the business long enough to be giving any advice. But the reason I do this show is because people ask me all the time, how do I get into the comedy business? And I tell them, I don't know. I got in the comedy business 27 years ago. I have no idea how you do it today. But I got a show with a bunch of kids that are doing it and they know how to do it. So if you got any advice that you want to look into that camera, let's say you're somebody just starting, let's say somebody wanting to come to Denver for the first time and um, they're in the comedy business, they want to be in the comedy business. Got anything? If stand-up comedy is something you've ever thought about before and something you'd really like to try, do it. You might bomb your first 10, 20, 30, 40 <laughs> times, but if you put in the work, you will get better. Yeah, it's, it definitely, it's it's not, you know, the easiest thing in the world, but um, yeah, just give it a shot, and if you want it, go for it, and you'll, I mean, I, I'm here, I guess, sweet. but yeah, <laughs> the the rewards are amazing, right? Yeah, no, the definitely. It's are, uh, it's it's a, it's a really high risk business because you never know every single time you get up there what's going to happen, but it's a big reward. 
it's a, it's it's the most addictive it's the most amazing feeling to have 20 30 40 50 200 people say man you were just amazing you were, i love what you do thank you so much i mean it's 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 and i always tell comics too that just by getting behind the microphone and telling a joke you've done more than 90% of the people in this country could do 90% of people in the country could never get up there and just stand behind the microphone and start talking. So to do this is, is it's, it's, it's really an amazing thing, and, and you're good at it. Um, I look around, I, I say it all the time, I, I, this is all my equipment. I, I, I can talk to anybody I want to. We can live stream from anywhere we want to. I really wanted to talk to you because I really, really, really enjoyed your set and I, I like the way you do stand-up comedy so awesome thanks to me it's a lot Eugene thank you very much I, I really appreciate it and Bertman I'm say that right Bertman yeah that, that is that is Kyle Bertman right there Kyle do you have any um shows coming up that you'd like to pitch right now do you um website uh, um nothing to plug unfortunately I have a mm -hmm. cool Facebook page uh yeah I, I um what's I, your uh, Facebook page well, it's just like Kyle Berman on Facebook, but I have I also have a, a meme page. There's a lot of jokes I can't fit into a stand-up format, mm -hmm. so I, I do I Photoshop and I, I mess around with my memes. It's called Meme Myself and Irene. It's pretty funny. Check it out. Meme Myself and Irene. Yeah, like the, the pun on the movie. Right, exactly. I like that. that. I like that. That's, that's really cool. <laughs> and um, we will actually, we'll put that, put your finger up right there, Kyle. I'll put you right there. It's going to say Meme Myself and Irene. Right there, so you won't be able to click on it, but you'll be able to remember it and, and go to his Facebook page. And please, um, please like our Facebook page. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much for watching another episode of Huge, an inside look at chasing a dream. We'll see you again next week. Y'all take care. Have a great week. We love you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.